Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are grateful and thankful tonight to be in your presence. Oh, great teacher, we welcome you, Spirit of God. Teach us tonight. Touch our hearts, transform us, make us like Jesus. We thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus and you may be seated. And by the way, our um, open heaven, open evangelism, open air evangelism is also approaching fast. And I want you to have a heart that is prepared for this great event. This is uh, the first of its kind for us. And we are believing God that um, his presence will be with us. Amen. Amen. Tonight, I want us to continue reading the book, How You Can preach salvation how you can preach salvation tell your neighbor it is about how you 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 in particular can preach salvation say don't look elsewhere it is all about you how you can preach salvation amen so that is the that is the book we are studying this is the reason why we are studying we are studying this book and by the grace of God, it's giving us in-depth understanding of our salvation. And two, it is also giving us several ways. The book is littered with several ways that we can share the gospel of salvation, the good news. Several ways, different forms that we will be able to share the good news to others. Amen. Amen. And some of you, you know several ways to do all kinds of things. Several ways to sell things. Some of you, you are good salespeople. Several ways to sell things. Some of you, you are good rappers. Several ways to rap girls. And several ways to rap men. Some of you women, you know several ways to say certain things to let the man know that you are interested in him. Do you see? And some of you men, you have different ways of rapping girls. Different ways. And you are persistent in your raps. You don't give up. Isn't that so? And then the woman feels that this is real love. The way he's persistent. And the way he doesn't stop. It shows that the man really loves me. That's a lie. I say, that's a lie. Tell the next man, Omale. Say, that's a lie. <laughs> Amen. That's a lie. Amen. So when the man is persisting and is coming and he's not tired and don't be deceived. Say Omale. Amen. Well, we are now talking about a different way in section two about salvation and the love of God. 
salvation and the love of God. As I um, been sharing with you, the book is very big. It's littered with a lot of messages, and I want you to keep reading. Don't be limited, or don't limit your reading to only what we read in church. The book is yours. That is why we want everyone to have a copy. So you must be reading. Amen. Wonderful. So, section two, and the first one we're talking about is God commended his love. Have, did you remember we went through that? How that God commended his love. And now the salvation message two is about the greater love. Greater love. That's another line of salvation message. Amen. How you can preach salvation to someone talking about how great the love of God is. The greater love. John chapter 15 verse 12 to 14. That will be our test for this particular message. Greater love. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Amen. Amen. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. He said, there is, he said this is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. And what is the kind of love that Christ has loved us with. It is greater love. The love that Christ has for us is greater love. It says, greater love had no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. It is the only type of love that will make a man lay down his life for his friends. Greater love had no man than this. There is no other love that will cause a man to lay down his life for his friends, but this great love of God. And there is no other love beyond this. Do you understand? There is no, when someone is willing to lay down his life for you, it is the greatest love you can experience. And there is no other love beyond this. He says, ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. So God's love for us the love of God that brings salvation. The love of God that causes his son to lay down his life for us is described as greater love. Amen. It is described as love that is above all love. That means there are different forms of love. Do you understand? That means people can love you in a certain way, but none can be compared to this great love of God. Hallelujah. And then he says, ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. That is how you become the friend of God. It is not by singing. Do you understand? We don't show our love for God by singing and say, I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. He calls me friend. Who said that? Who told you? You can sing this song, but if you do not obey the commandments of God, you are not his friend. Do you understand? He says, ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. So it's not by singing. 
It's not by saying. It's not by what we say. That I love God. Do you love God? I love God. Do you love God? I love God. You see, that does not show that you love God. As far as God is concerned, how you show that you love him is when you obey his commandment. He says, whatsoever I command you. Whatsoever I command you. That means, if I command you to come for Tuesday service, you come. If I command you to come for midweek service, you come. If I command you to come for Friday service, you come. This is how you show God that you love him. Not that you sing that I love you on Sunday. What about Tuesday? That he has commanded you to come. If you, he commands you to read the scriptures. To wait on him. If he commands you to pray fervently. If you obey this commandment, then you are a friend of God. Hallelujah. You see, whenever you are a person who does whatever you are commanded. Do you see? You do whatever you are commanded. When you are commanded, is it? If you do whatsoever I command you, when you are a person who does what you are commanded, you become attractive. You become attractive. Do you understand? That is why, that is why certain women, you see, they, they, they marry certain men and you are surprised. And you wonder how that I am there This one is there, that one is there, all of us are here, and this is the one that you choose. Because she obeys, she 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 will she will do whatever she is commanded, she becomes attractive. She becomes attractive. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is how you become attractive when you do because not many people do what they are commanded. Not many people do what they are commanded. There are some people you tell them to do this. They also have some other person that they listen to. And so they say, but you told me, but this person told me to do this. You are not attracted to me. Do you understand? It doesn't matter who you are relating to. The one that is above, the one that matters the most, the one that is important, is the one that you have to obey. Do you understand? So if you are in a projected team and I instruct you to do this, I say, use this background, use this, and you say, but Sabitri said, I should do this. You don't become attracted to me. Do you understand? Yeah. You don't become attracted to me. You are living with your husband, but everything that you are doing is what your mother is instructing you. You don't become attracted. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, when you obey, when you obey the commandments, then you become a friend. Then you become, you become, you become close. You see, but some people are not wise. Some people, they listen to the, the person that matters not at all. The one who does not matter is, that is how some people don't get promoted at a job. You listen to your co-workers who are saying, don't do this, don't hear, don't do too much, don't do this. If they ask you, don't do this. And then you are listening to your co and your boss who promotes you, the boss who will decide about your salary, he is commanding you to, you are not attracted to your boss. You will remain in the same position, like your co-worker. Amen. So you see, you have to always, you have to always obey the commandments of the one who matters the most. The superior. 
your loyalty must always be to the one who is above you. Do you understand? The one who is the, the, one who is the decision maker. Yeah. Someone reports to another person and you report to that person. If this person is giving instructions, you have to listen. You remember when David was giving instruction as to don't kill my son Absalom and Joab and other people were all there. The young soldier, he says, it was all in our ears. We were there. When we heard the king say, I'm not doing what you are saying. That is wisdom. Do you understand? That is wisdom. So, greater love. Number one, God has a special kind of love which is the greatest kind of love in existence. The love of God is the greatest kind of love that is around in the world, that you can find anywhere. God has loved us with this great love. Hallelujah. 1 John 3, 1. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Amen. What manner of love? What kind of love is this? It means it is indescribable. You cannot describe the love of God. He said, what manner of love is this? That God has shown us. That the Father had bestowed upon us. What manner of love is this? What kind of love is this? You can't even describe it. Amen. Sometimes you wonder why someone loves you so much. Isn't that so? You say, I don't know why he loves me so much. You can't even describe it. The things that the person is thinking of you, doing for you, and sacrificing for you. Say, what manner of love is this? You see, this is the kind of love that God loves us. What manner of love is this? That is how the love of God can be described. We cannot even find words to describe it. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2 verse 4 and 5, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. It is only great love that brings salvation. It is only great love. God's great love is what brings salvation. No other love will bring salvation. So it is God's rich in mercy and has shown us this great love. With which he loved us. Amen. Even when we were dead in sin. Yeah. It is only great love. Hey. That you are dead in sin. Hey. Everyone has written you off. Hey. Hey. Everyone knows who you are. It is only great love. That can bring a prostitute. And make you a child of God. A prostitute. To become a child of God. It is only great love. That will make a murderer. Become a child of God. It's only great love. There's nothing else that can make you a child of God. Hallelujah. So only great love leads to salvation. Only the great love of God leads to salvation. Hallelujah. He says, and we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made what? Perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Wow. It is only the love of God. When it comes upon you. That as God is, so we become also in this world. In this evil world. 
in this wicked world, it is only the love of God, that great love of God, that makes us perfect. It is the love of God that makes us perfect. No love of any man can make you perfect. You cannot be loved enough by anyone, not the president, not the, to make you perfect. And make you stand boldly in the day of judgment. It is only the great love of God. The great love of God will make you a person that is dead in sins. You know when they say you are dead in sins, it means you are not revivable. You know, that means you are beyond repair. We can't fix you. You are condemned. You are on your way to perishing. It's like we are pushing you to enter into hell. And then the love of God just came. You see, that is how it is. There are some people, they are walking in sin, dead in sin. And you, you can, I mean, you are not God, but when you look at them, you say we should not judge. But when you look at them, you say, this person is going to hell. You see, this person is going to hell and doesn't hear anything. Someone who has killed a person, you have murdered a person and you have been convicted. You raped a person and you've been convicted. Someone who is a serial killer, he has killed so many people. He has killed so many women and he raped them and killed them. And then here they finally caught him and they brought him to court with all the evidence. All the evidence. And then you are watching all of this and you see that this person deserves to be condemned to death. And that person is sitting in jail. Sitting in jail waiting for the day of his execution. Waiting on the day of his execution and then someone goes and shares Christ with a person and that person who is waiting to be executed, someone shares Christ with a person and the person gives his life to Christ, that moment, that person who is heading there, pushing him because his day is set for Friday the 13th to be executed. And then Thursday, he gives his life to Christ. Wow. And then he changes his path from hell. Now he turns around, he's heavenly bound. And then the next day, he's in heaven. It's only the love of God. Only the love of God. Only the love of God. People can sympathize with him. He might rise up in, in, the, in court and apologize to all the families who are there whose daughters have been killed or sisters and they have, he has killed all of them. And he said, I don't know what came over me. You know, I, am, I feel so sorry. I've sat in prison waiting for this opportunity to apologize to all of you. I feel very sorry. I'm very, I, I know that they are going to execute me, this and this, but I want to apologize to everyone who has been affected by my behavior, my activities, my this. My, I feel I am totally with all my heart want to apologize. I'm looking at your faces to apologize. It has been very difficult for me to stand before you to look at your faces and apologize, but I want you to know sincerely from my heart that this is from my heart and I feel very sorry for what I have done. And then the people look at him and they say, kill him! Kill him! Kill him! You see, the people as he's talking, they even get up and walk away. But not the love of God. Not the love of God. To just say a simple thing, Lord Jesus, I am sorry for all that I have done. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. 
this very evening, this evening, tomorrow they are going to execute me, but this evening, I want you to understand, Lord Jesus, that I feel very sorry for what I have done. I do not deserve it, but please wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. Forgive me of all my sins. And that very moment, he says, and I welcome you into my, into my life. Jesus, come into my murderer. And then he says, you'll be with me in paradise. Only the love of God. Only the love of God. It's only the love of God. Amen. This is the love that makes you stand perfect. So this person will stand boldly before God on the judgment day. Stand boldly because he has experienced supernatural love. Love that is greater than all kinds of love. Hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands for Jesus. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, it says, The Lord hath appeared of old time, of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. The love of God is described as everlasting love. Hallelujah. So you see, the great love of God is described as greater love. It is described as everlasting love. Amen. It is, the, it is the kind of love that we can't even phantom. Say, so what manner of love this is. Hallelujah. Amen. Bishop talks about a young woman. He says this young woman who found a beloved and they fell in love and they were deeply in love and the woman was expecting that the man was going to marry her but then the relationship became sour. And the man decided not to marry her anymore. And the woman was so broken. They couldn't console her. And then they told her, don't worry. Another person will come and say, no, 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 no. This type of love, you can't find it anywhere. This kind of love. And then another person came. From nowhere. Another man showed up in a church. You see? And then the woman, the next time they saw her, he says, how is this one compared to the other one? He says, in fact, this one is nicer. This one is nicer. You see, so the woman is experiencing greater love. Love, you see, that's why I'm saying there is some love and there is some love. So the love, a lot of people, they don't marry their first love. Do you know that? A lot of people, they found out that later in life that, wow, if I had married this one, I would have done myself evil. <laughs> Amen. So, the woman is experiencing greater love, but not the kind of love that God shows us. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So, number two, it says, there is the love of brothers, but the love of Jesus is greater. Amen. The love of Jesus is greater. Hallelujah. We have love for our brothers. We have love for our sisters. We have love in the family. And we love ourselves. We play together as brothers and sisters growing up. Get to know ourselves very well. But things happen that we don't even talk anymore in life. You see, that is the love for brothers. Amen. The love for brothers, it doesn't bring salvation. You can love your brother, you can love your sister, but that is not the kind of love that leads to salvation. Amen. The love that leads to salvation, it is greater love. Amen. 
When you travel outside of your country, you go somewhere and you are in a strange land, you don't know anyone, and then you meet someone that is from your country, right away you call the person, oh, my brother, oh, my sister, wow, my sister, do you live here? Oh, quickly you are taking his number, her number, you see, ordinarily she won't give you her number. But because we have met in a strange land, we are brothers. So, what, in, what comes in you is a brotherly love. Brotherly love. Quickly, she's showing you where she lives. She's giving you her work phone number, her home phone number, her cell phone number, everything. That is brotherly love. Because you have met in a strange land. Or you are, maybe you are a certain race, you are a black person. And then you are in a place and everywhere, everywhere you turn, there are white people. Everywhere you turn, then you come through this room and then you find another black person. You say, oh, my brother, do you work here? So you feel very happy. You feel very happy. <laughs> Isn't that so? You say, wow, I'm not alone. So suddenly you don't feel lonely because you have found your brother. Do you see? So quickly you start bonding. Quickly you start bonding. Or you find someone, someone that speaks your language. You come to a place and no one speaks your language. And the language they speak there, you are not too fluent in the language. The English, it doesn't flow too well for you. And then you find another person who speaks your language. You say, where have you been all this? Do you work in this place? Where have you been all this time? And then quickly you are flowing. You see that now you are free to eat your kind of food around because your brother is there. Whereas you alone, you used to hide always to eat your food. You warm your food when no one is there. (laughs) Because when you open your food, the people are not happy. Isn't that so? That is brotherly love. But that kind of love, it doesn't lead to salvation. Do you understand? That kind of love, it doesn't lead to salvation. The love that leads to salvation is the love of Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 2, 1 Peter 1, 22, it says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Amen. So this kind of love that we speak our language, you know, we we have the common language, we are from the same place, we are from the same tribe, we are this. It doesn't lead to salvation. And it is not pure love. Amen. It is not pure love. The love that leads to salvation, when it comes upon you, it is the love of God. And he's saying that seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love. It is called unfeigned love. It is not fake love. You speak the same language but your love is for fake. Do you understand? Have you not realized that your love for a person that speaks your language it is strengthened only when another person who doesn't speak the language is around. But when it is only all of you speaking the same language, the love is not there. Or oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. 
You are bonding with this person because you are the only five people who speak the same language. That is why. But if it was a place where all of us speak the same language, you would not be bonding like that. So that kind of love is not real love. But the love of God, when it comes to you, it is unfeigned love. It is not fake love. It is pure love. Real love. And he says, when this love comes upon you, he says, love, he says, it's the, uh, the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Now see that ye love one another with pure heart. That means that when you have to purpose in your heart to love someone with a pure heart. Love with a pure heart, it doesn't come freely. He says, see, see, make sure, make sure that you love one another with this pure heart. All the time. Fervently. All the time. Do you understand? That means that we don't have that pure love all the time. And we have to purpose to love one another with this pure heart. Amen. Or you don't understand. Do we have this pure heart all the time? You have to purpose in your heart. You have to purpose in your heart as someone is gossiping about your brother to you. Don't be happy at that moment. Remember and say, I will not be happy with what you are saying and I'm not listening to it. That means you are loving the person fervently. No matter what is happening, you are loving the person. You are not allowing anything to change your heart towards that person. This is fervent love. Loving a person with pure heart all the time. Not sometimes. Amen. Amen. There's a story about some fellowship brethren. Some Christians who were in a fellowship and one of them was sick. One of the brothers was sick. Christians, I mean. And one was sick and needed a kidney. Kidney transplant. So the brothers gathered and as they were praying, it came about that they made a decision. You know, our brother needs a kidney. So one of us should donate a kidney. And everyone was sitting down. Christians who have loved one for another. And they have two kidneys. And you don't need two kidneys to live. You can donate one and still be okay. But people love themselves. They want their two kidneys. So they decided that they are going to pray and as they are praying, they will throw a feather. Feather in the air. Like you go up and then you throw a feather and the fan is blowing the feather. And we are here, you know, in a circle and we are praying. So if the feather falls on you, then you are the one who is supposed to donate. That means you are the one that the Spirit has selected. Now, how many of you like the Spirit to select you in this situation? <laughs> you see, even if it's the Holy Spirit leading, you see. So they began to pray. And then they threw the feather. And then the feather was coming down. And then the wind will blow it here. And then the fan will turn it this way. So they're still praying, but everyone's eyes is on the feather. And see where it's going. And then the feather was coming and coming down. And was coming towards the leader of the meeting. So the leader now started doing backsliding and karate and blowing the feather. 
to his two kidneys. <laughs> wow. The leader of the fellowship, perhaps the pastor, the reverend. He wants his kidneys. Even though the brother can do with one kidney from him. Do you see? So brotherly love does not lead to salvation. Brotherly love, when it comes to their kidneys, there's no brotherly love. I love you very much, but not one of my kidneys. Number three, there is the love of women, but the love of Jesus is greater. There is the love. So we are talking about the different kinds of love. That does not lead to salvation. Do you understand? We are talking about different kinds of love that we experience. The different kinds of love that we know about. That we can relate with. But we are showing you these kinds of love. They don't lead to salvation. Amen. Amen. So you are sharing with someone that yes, I know that this person loves you so much. But it will not lead you to salvation. This brother is falling in love with you. Your husband loves you so much. But it does not lead to salvation. You still need Christ. You need Jesus. Amen. So the love of women is the kind of love. He said the love of women is the love of the female body. Do you understand? So the love of women, when the man loves a woman, it means he loves the female body. Or oh, you don't understand? Or you think he loves the thing that is inside you. Is that what you think? He loves your kidneys and your heart. <laughs> or he loves your intestines. Is that what you think? Or he loves your brain. You can have no brain. But you can be loved. Do you understand? Because when a man sees you, you have not opened your mouth, but he can fall in love with you. That means he doesn't know your brain, but he loves you. You see, if you, keep, if you are a person that is quiet a lot, you don't talk much. Do you understand? I'm giving you a secret. You are a person that you don't talk much. You are, when you are in a group, you are always quiet. You look very wise. You don't know that. Oh, yes. You try that. When you are in a place and people are talking a lot and then you are sitting quietly, you see that suddenly they all tend to respect you. I'm telling you. They will only find out when you open your mouth. (laughs) They will think you are wise until you open your mouth. When you open your mouth, they say, like you say, excuse me, excuse me. I also have something to say. And the moment you open your mouth, then you lose all their respect. But if you will stay quietly, sitting down quietly, and then the meeting is over, and then say, thank you very much for inviting me to this meeting. And you walk away, oh, they see you in the hall, they will, they will all greet you <laughs> nicely. Don't talk much, I'm telling you. Quietness, eh? A pole, a, a, it describes a wise person. You see? And that is why the Bible says the wise is the one who listens more than talking. Do you understand? So when you listen more, you are not talking, you look to everyone as very wise. So if you know you are not too wise, don't talk a lot. You know. <laughs> so the love of women is the love of the female body. That is why 
God also made the body to look like the way it looks. Do you understand? And that is why women also struggle, do all kinds of things to keep the body in that shape. You see that it is twisting, but you are forcing to. Because the love of the man, it is the love of the body. Oh yes. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. The men like the contours. Yes, that's what they love. Second Samuel 1.26 It says, I'm distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. You see, that is what we know. We know that the love of women is a wonderful thing. So David is relating his love between him and Jonathan as wonderful and he passes the love of women. Do you understand? It's described as wonderful because the love of women, as far as the man is concerned, is a very wonderful thing. It's a very wonderful thing, but it does not lead to salvation. It does not lead to salvation. Genesis chapter 29 verse 18 it says, and Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. Amen. You see, that is the love of women. The love of women, you see, David, he worked for Rachel, Laban's younger wife, younger daughter, for seven years. And when the day of the marriage came, Laban tricked him. And Laban gave his, his older daughter instead. And then he said, why did you do that? He said, it's not right that we give the younger daughter in marriage first. So we have to give you the older one but if you want the younger one in addition, then you have to work seven more years. He says, I'll do it. You see, that is the love for women. When a man loves a woman, he will go the whole yard. He will travel. When a man loves a woman, he will fly from New York to Chicago overnight and come back in the morning just to be with a woman. Oh, you don't believe me. Oh, I know of a man who used to fly in the night. <laughs> he will fly in the night to go and see a woman and then be with a woman. He has bought his ticket. And when he is done, he flies back home early morning so that his wife will not see. <laughs> oh, yes. I can't tell you the whole story. But... <laughs> But the love for women, it is that kind of love. It will make a man drive. You know your car is not good, but you say you will drive it. You will drive it on the throughway and go and go and go because of a woman. And you don't care that the car can break down. It's a love of women. You will drive to Albany in the snow and go and see a woman. And then you come back. Now when, you see, this is the love, this is the love of a man for a woman. It will make him do anything. It will make him, he's never tired. The love of woman, when it comes upon a man, he's never tired. 
He's not tired of doing anything. It is the love of woman. When it comes on a man, he will come from work and the next morning the woman say, come, he will come. You see, so that love, it doesn't, that, it's not the same as the love of man for God. Because when the man is tired, he will sleep. He won't come to church. When the church is far, he will not drive. He will not come. Do you understand? The love for the woman, he will make the man call in sick. And say, I want to be with you. I will come. He said, the only day that I'm available is Tuesday evening. He said, don't worry. I'm not going to work on Tuesday evening. I will come. But when it's church, the man will never leave work and come to church. And this kind of love, it doesn't lead to salvation. The love of the woman does not lead to salvation. Amen. It's a wonderful thing. You see, when you see a young man behaving in a certain way, you will not understand. When a young man has found a woman, you will not understand their behavior. Is somebody understanding? He says, Jacob worked how many years? 14 years for one woman. 14 years. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 18. Look at that. Proverbs chapter 30. Give me the NIV. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 18. Proverbs 30, 18. Look at that. It says three things. There are three things that are too amazing for me. This is... It says three things that are too amazing for me. Four that I do not understand. <laughs> there are three things. They are too amazing. But there's a fourth one. As for that one, I don't understand. How many of you want to know which those things are? It says three things that are too amazing. And the four that I don't understand. So the, the three things are, go to the next verse. It says, the way of an eagle in the sky. That is too amazing for me. Oh. Are you tired? It says, the way of a snake on a rock. That is also amazing to me. The way of a ship on the high seas. How the ship stays on the high seas and doesn't sink. That is also amazing to me. And the fourth one, he said, the way of a man with a maiden. When a man finds a young woman, his behavior, that one I don't understand. The man's behavior when he finds a young woman, or you've not seen some before, or you have not experienced some before. Young woman, have you not experienced that some men, they are crazy about you? They go crazy because of you? You see, that is why they get deceived. And they think that when I marry him, he'll be like that. You are deceived. I'm telling you, you are deceived. Because the love of the woman, the love for the woman is the love for the woman's body. The love of the female body. Do you understand? So if you let the body go, you see that the love is also going away. Oh, you don't understand? Oh, you try. If you leave the body to start changing, he loses control of. Oh, yes. So the woman's, the man's behavior around a young woman is not understandable. But that kind of love, it doesn't lead to salvation. 
it does not lead to salvation. Amen. He says, most women are unable. He says, the love for the woman is short-lived. He says, with this kind of love, a man loves a woman and she gives her body to him. And this kind of love does not lead to marriage. And it's not everlasting. Do you understand? It's not everlasting. It's never described as everlasting. We say it. Till death do you part. But it doesn't go until death do you part. He says, the love for the woman is short-lived. Most women are unable to keep the attention of a man for very long. You, they are unable to keep because the, 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 the attention depends on your ability to keep the body in shape. And the way your face looks. So if you lose it, you know, you change your makeup, you change your lipstick, your hair starts changing and all kinds of things, you lose the attention of the man. And that is why that kind of love is not great love. That kind of love is not everlasting love. That kind of love does not lead to salvation. Amen. Amen. He says, Esther 2.17. He says, and the king loved Esther above all the women. You see, now the love for the woman too, there are two forms. There is one that does not go anywhere and there is one that leads to marriage. Do you understand? There is the one that leads to marriage. And this is the one that leads to marriage. It says, and the king loved Esther above all the women. So the love that leads to marriage is the man's love for the woman above all the women. When the man's love for the woman is above all the women, that is the love that leads to marriage. Amen. It says, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. You see, so women, when a man is choosing to marry you, you have obtained grace in his sight. Do you understand? You have obtained grace in his sight. And so you should appreciate it. Amen. You see, the unfortunate thing is that the woman cannot propose to the man. No matter how much you love the man. You can't propose. Do you know why? Because you see, the man's desire to marry you is to the, is the love that leads to marriage. Which is the love for you above all the women. So you, can, you cannot make the man love you above all the women. The man has to love you above all the women. That means that you have to put a behavior also above all the women to make the man love you. Do you understand? You have to be humble above all the women. You have to be obedient above all the women. Do all the commandments above all the women. It's not easy. It's very hard. So you who, people who have been chosen and be selected, stay above all the women with your behavior. Stay above all, the, so that the man's attention will always be on you. Amen. Amen. That the man's attention will always be on you. Or you know some women who are married men. <laughs> so you see, this love, when the love of the man is above all the women, this is what happens. Says, she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins so that he set the royal crown upon her and made her queen instead of Vashti. So the love of the man when it's above all the other women, he will crown you by putting a ring on your finger. 
Do you understand? It is this love that leads to marriage. When the man's love for you is above all the women. So it means the man can love you like all the other women. And it's his favor that makes you above all the others. So you find grace and favor in his sight. But this type of love still does not lead to salvation. Hallelujah. Even that the love that leads to marriage does not lead to salvation. That the man wants to marry you so badly, it doesn't lead to salvation. Amen. So young people, you should watch out. You know, especially teenagers who say, I'm in love. And then you are fighting with your parents. And you say, I'm in love. I'm in love. You cannot sustain the man's attention on you for too long. So you have to slow down and be mature before you say, I'm in love. You can be in love, but the man is not in love. And the fact that the man is saying, I love you, doesn't mean, because he's saying that to so many others. Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you. But the love of Jesus has lasted throughout the centuries. The love of Jesus is everlasting. It, it has lasted throughout the centuries. It has persisted until it reached you and I. Amen. The love of Christ is a far greater kind of love than the love of a man, that, than the love that a man can have for a woman. Amen. See, there are limitations with this love of women. Even the most passionate couples, they need counseling shortly after they are married. Do you see? So the man says, I love you. You are my dream. What would I have done if I didn't marry you? You know, you are, you are the lily of my what? My valley. You are, you are the mosquito inside my net. I don't understand why a woman can be a mosquito inside your net. It's not a pleasant thing. Your mosquito is about to bite you. I'm so happy I met you. And, and so this, he has said to many others also. So obviously something is missing from this love for women. Amen. Are you understanding what we are sharing? And then there is the love for a nation. But the love of Jesus is far greater. The love for a nation. There are some people who love their countries. There are some people who love their countries. They love their countries and they, are, they do everything for their country. But when trouble strikes in their country, you see that they run away. They say they are proud to be this. They, I'm proud to be a Nigerian. I'm proud to be a Ghanaian. I'm proud to be a Jamaican. I'm proud to be a Puerto Rican. I'm proud to be this. When there's hurricane, they all fly. They run away. When there's poverty, when there's trouble, they all run away. You see people queuing at other people's embassies looking for visas to leave their country that they love so much. Don't you love your country? See, when you love your country and there's trouble, you stay. That is what it... <laughs> that is what it means to say, I love my country. But you love your country and there's poverty, so you have run away. You've all run away and you are here. Do you understand? The love of your country means that when there's trouble, you stay. 
when you love someone, that is when you, when you see that you love a person. When there's, when there's trouble, we, you see how much you love the person or you, how much you love the country. But a lot of you run away because there's some trouble in your countries. And you, even as you have run away, you want to acquire citizenship of that new country. As you love your country so much, you, you are even ashamed to carry your own country's passport. They say, if you want our, our citizenship, you have to forego your citizenship. You say, I'm ready to forego. <laughs> you see? So the love, the, the pure love is the love that persists even in times of difficulty, in times of poverty, in times of trouble, when there's epidemics of sickness, when there's, trouble, when there's poverty, hunger in the place, you are still there and fighting to make sure that things will work. And things will be in order. Nehemiah had a love for the nation. He had a love for his nation. And he was in a good place. He was in a good place. But he was troubled. Because there was trouble in, his, in, in Israel. Do you understand? But not some people that I'm looking at. Not, when there's trouble in their country. You see, that is, the, that is how you see that people. If the people say they love their country. Some of the people that they are here. They don't even know the national anthem of their country. If we ask them to sing the national anthem, they can't even sing it. Or the national pledge. You see, but there are some people, they love their country. Hey, when you go to a place and they say they should, they face their flag, and then you see they singing the thing with emotion. Some of them are even ready to cry. They love the country. They turn to the flag and they're singing. And when you look around, if you misbehave, they will be angry with you that you move. Like as they are singing their thing and you move or you do it, they will be very angry with you. They don't joke with that. And even those, when there's trouble, they run away. But not the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus, it runs towards trouble for you. The love of Christ, it feels it when there's trouble. The love of Christ, it engulfs you when there's trouble, when there's hunger, when there's poverty, when there's sickness. You experience the love of Christ. That is the love that leads to salvation. Amen. Then there is the love of a mother for her children. But the love of Jesus is greater. Amen. How many of you will agree that your mothers love you? You experience your mother's love. Patrick, isn't that so? Yes, you know that your mother loves you. And I know that. But that kind of love does not lead to salvation. Amen. Mothers love their children. Mothers will do anything for their children. Mothers will prefer that some harmful thing happens to them instead of their children. There are certain mothers, when their children are sick, they wish they are the ones that were sick and the child was well. Isn't that so? How about the fathers? <laughs> the father, when the child is sick, he says, go to your mother. You see, you see, Daddy, my tummy hurts. Why are you telling me? Go to your mother. It's like they are angry that you are even telling them your tummy hurts. Your tummy hurts. Have you told your mother? Go to your mother. <laughs> you see? But the mothers, the mothers, the mothers love their children. Amen. The mothers, how many of you understand what I'm talking about? Mothers love their children. They work hard for their children. They sacrifice for their children. And then sometimes it makes some, even fathers take advantage. 
that they don't take too much care of their children. They don't provide for the children because they know the mother's love for the child is not easy. But this kind of love, it does not lead to salvation. This kind of love is not everlasting. There are mothers and children who don't even talk. Do you understand? He says, can a woman, Isaiah 49, 15, can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. Amen. God is saying that a woman, as much as we are saying that mothers love their children, a mother can still forget her suckling, not her older child, suckling. The child that is still breastfeeding, a mother can forget her. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But God says he will never forget you. The love of God is the kind of love that will never forget you in your suckling state, in your old age, in your youth, no matter what age, it will never forget you. Amen. Amen. Do you remember the story about um, Solomon and the two mothers? They came to, her, they came to him and said, uh, the child that was dead was mine, that this one says it's mine. You know how the child died? The mother who had a child fell asleep and slept on the baby. She slept on a bed. So you see, you, your love, your mother's love, it can kill you. <laughs> yeah. Your mother's love, it cannot save you. She loves you so much, she says she will not let you sleep in the crib. She will let you sleep with her and then she sleeps on you. And then you die. But not God. God's love for you will never kill you. God will never sleep on you and kill you. God will never fall asleep whilst you are still sucking on the breast. God will keep eye on you. He will watch over you. Amen. So you, though you have experienced the great love of a mother, that does not lead to salvation. Amen. See, we are teaching you all this, that you cannot forsake the love of God and run for the love of a mother. Oh, I didn't come to church because my mother wanted me to do this. And my mother needed that. And my mother needed this. Oh, the things that my mother had done for me in this life, Reverend. I could not. (laughs) Your mother's love, it will fall on you whilst you are sleeping. And it can kill you. It is God's love which can save you. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Don't let any other love stand in the love of God. Hallelujah. What is the next one? The love of Christ is greater for. They say the, lo- the love of Christ is greater love because he sacrificed himself. Wow. He sacrificed himself for you and for me. Amen. That is what makes Christ's love greater. He sacrificed himself. He says a man will usually give gifts to the one he loves. Jesus' Jesus's love is greater because he did not give us money, houses, or cars. As some do to show their love, he laid down his life. He gave his life. He did not give, he did not get to live to be 70 years because of you and I. Wow. How many of you are willing to die at age 33 just for someone? He saw death. He saw death and he would have run, he could have run from, from the death. He could have run away. But he faced death. Because he was praying and insisting that let this car pass over me. 
And God hears prayers. When we pray fervently. And Jesus prayed fervently. He prayed until he was sweating blood. That is fervent prayer. And he was a righteous man. So his prayers would have been answered. And God would have let the car pass over him. But he says, but looking at these people, let your will be done. I'm ready and willing to die for them. I am willing to die at age 33 just to save these people. The love of Christ. The love of Christ. Wow. The love of Christ. He laid down his life for us. He did not live to be 70 because of you. He poured out his blood for us. His blood is his life. He gave us his life by giving his blood. 1 John 3, 16, it says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Amen. Amen. Why is it so difficult? Some of you, you can sacrifice. Look at what Christ has done for us. You can't make any sacrifice for someone to be saved. You can't sacrifice your integrity. You say, I'm shy. They will laugh at me. If I do, they will, they will do this. They will do that. And you are shy. You cannot sacrifice. Someone laid down his life. You, what integrity do you have that you don't even want to lay down? No one knows you. What's your name? Tell me your last name. You are not Prince Charles. You are not, um, you are not Donald Trump. You are not, um, I'm not Angelos. <laughs> Forgive. What's your last name? Bwadu. <laughs> Look at that. What's your last name? Akombru. Look at that. What's your last name? Bansen. Simple Bansen. What's your last name? Ba. Look at that. <laughs> so simple. Simple. Even the spelling is not complex. Even class two child can spell your last name. Shakira, what's your last name? Ferguson. Ferguson. Well, Ferguson, you have some. (laughs) You are like a son of Fega. At least in the Bible we have Fega and Sonia. What's your last name? Gordon. Gordon. Just like that. It's like strong. I'm strong. Gordon. You see, we don't have any name. You don't have any name. And we are shy. We are shy. We can't sacrifice. We can't sacrifice anything. Look at what Christ has done for us. And we cannot sacrifice anything for Christ. Some of you, we have been, you have been assigned. Some of you are not here. Why are you not here? Why are you not here? Because it rained. It rained. It rained. You can't make any sacrifice for Christ. You can make any sacrifice for Christ. Even we are praying and we say, oh, we have, let's pray extra five. You can't even sacrifice extra ten minutes just for praying. Extra. Just, oh, we say one hour. One hour is done. Let me go. Why are you talking plenty? Let me go. We can. And they drop in the course. Dropping the course. Why? No sacrifice. Look what Christ did for you. You can't sacrifice anything. Some of you, you have been given a list of names. Call the people, follow up, do this. I have not received any, mom, any form of follow up from you. You can't sacrifice anything. You can't sacrifice. 
Even a phone call is too hard for you. A visit, to visit someone. We have said, visit people, visit this, do this, do that. You can't sacrifice anything. You see, because you don't have value for your salvation. You don't understand what Christ did for us. We, are, we say we are saved, but we don't really understand what that means. We don't understand. We don't have insight into our salvation. And so we are not willing to sacrifice. And so we are not willing to share. We are not willing to think of others. Amen. Say, hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid, this is how we perceive the love of God. He laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Some of you, even when we are having a, a, a meeting and it's a little further, you have to travel. It is too hard for you. It is too hard. It is not in the Bronx. I'm not going. It is not here. I'm not doing it. It's not in New York. Why? Why we have to go to this? Why? We have to fly? Why? We have to do this too much. You have to go to the airport and then take a plane and then fly. And when we get there, we say we, the, nobody is picking us up. We have to find our own means. It's too much. You can't sacrifice anything for God. But there are other things that you sacrifice for. You sacrifice for the kwau um, uh, um, Association of um, nurses and all kinds of things. All kinds of things. At a job, they say we are this, this association of this, this, as a place. You know, when I invite you to church, you will not come. And you want me to come for this association, for this, and what? For what? For what? For what? We invite you to church all the time. We say, oh, Sunday we are working. Sunday we are working. We are working. Every Sunday you are working. You can't sacrifice, but I should come for. Um, and, and they say, what? We don't have all the educated people don't want to join, and we need people who are educated to join this association so we can move forward. Move forward where? Move forward? <laughs> where are we going? The diaspora. We have to move forward. And using all kinds of things to confuse us, to make us feel, No. Amen. Bishop talks about a man who bought a deep freezer. You know what is a deep freezer? What is a deep freezer? <laughs> it's a freezer here. You know, they are, they are, um, there's a name for it. But we call it deep freezer. Let's take it like that. So this man bought a brand new one that he has not started using. And some armed robbers came to their house. They attacked them. And the, when the man saw the armed robbers breaking the door, he jumped into the, the freezer and closed it on top of him. It was brand new, not open. So he went into the freezer and closed it, left his wife and his children. And the armed robbers came and they molested the wife and the children, beat them up and stole a lot of things from their house. And when the arm robbers left, he came out. And then when he came out, he, the, he said, the, the wife said, you don't love me, she said. If you had loved me, you would have come out of the deep freezer to save me. And the husband says, I love you, but not that much. 
He says, then he continued, don't you understand? There is nothing much that I could have done. They were stronger. These guys, they would have killed me. And then I would have died like a hero, but I would have lost my life. You see? So this is not the kind of love or when the man is willing to lay down his life for even his wife. Do you understand? So wives, you don't want to serve God because of your husband? Wait until armed robbers come to your house. <laughs> Wait until armed robbers come to your house. You will know who will deliver you. Some of you, uh, Reverend, that's the only day that I have to do my cooking. You know, the whole, about two weeks now, I've not done laundry. And, you know, and my husband, and my husband's, um, my husband's things, and my husband is traveling, and I have to make preparation, and my husband is, my husband is coming home, and I have to pick him up. Tell your husband to wait at the airport. After church, you pick him up. What do you think? When armed robbers come, he will not leave. He will go into the... Um, here, we don't have the freezer. I don't know where he will go. And the last one, you shall not escape if you neglect such a great love. You shall not escape if you neglect such a great love. It says, Hebrews 2, 3, it says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Amen. No one who refuses this love will escape the wrath of God. No one. No one. This is what we have to share. No one who refuses this love, no one who neglects this love, will escape the wrath of God. The wrath of God is coming. And no one who, is, who, who refuses or who neglects this love that has been offered to us, God has made such great sacrifice and he expects a lot of us, a lot of people to receive it. And he expects everyone to receive it. And we have a duty to share with everyone. And if you refuse it, Bishop talks about a, a, young, a young woman who, a Christian young woman who was in a university. She says she was outstandingly beautiful. And a lot of young men proposed to her. A lot of Christian potential husbands, they proposed to her and each one, she wasn't interested. This one will come, they will sometimes write letters. You remember when people were in school, they used to write letters when the woman is too beautiful, they cannot say the things they want to say. They will write everything in a letter and then that was a big mistake. It was a wrong thing to do. So young people, if you still do that, it's the wrong thing to do. We were in a boys' school and then we know about stories where when you write such a letter, they put it on a board and they paste it in a girls' school and they laugh at your letter. So this woman, people will write to her describing how much they love her, how they want to make family with her, live with her, and then she will, she will call her friends and they read the letter and they laugh. They ridicule whoever wrote it. So she did this all throughout the, her university years. And then she finished school and she left the university campus and now she's in the world and then fewer and fewer men. You see, because the man loves the female body. Do you understand? And as the years go by, the body does not stay the same. Do you understand? 
the face does not stay the same. You start seeing wrinkles here and there, and this is not straight, and so on and so forth. So it changes. And when this woman finally found out, all the men who were interested in her were gone. Everyone is married, and now she's ready to marry, and no one was coming. So she went to a church, and she noticed that the church, the pastor of the church was single. And the pastor was not paying her attention neither. So she began, every praise and worship, she began to dance. She would dance in front of the church. You know, praise and worship. As soon as they lift the song, she would come and then she would start dancing. So the pastor would take note of her. And then she realized the pastor was not taking note of her. So she went forward and proposed to the pastor. You see? That is when you have neglected the great love. When you have neg- and that is what is happening to a lot of people. When we propose the love to them, share with them that this love, when you refuse it, there will come a day where it will not be there. There will come a day that you are sick and you cannot receive it. I, re- I remember a day that there was this woman that we, um, we rounded on her and then we said, she's going to die. No matter what we do, she was going to die. And it's sad when a person is going to die, obviously, and the person is still awake and alert. It is very sad. Do you understand? But it's even sadder when the person does not know. The person is disoriented completely. Amen. So this person, she could not talk. She could not talk. She could not understand. And we knew she was going to die. Very young person. And you can't share Christ with that person at that time. You can't receive Christ at that time. You can try and go and say, if you understand what I'm saying, you know, you have the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ at this time. But you see, people don't think that the day will come when they will face heaven and hell. But when people have refused, neglected this love, neglected this love, there will be a day that you are faced with heaven and earth, heaven and hell. He says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard them. How shall we escape? We cannot escape. We cannot escape. We cannot escape. And so let us be fervent in our sharing of the gospel, in our witnessing to people. Let our hearts go into it. Let people who are perishing concern us because many are perishing. Many are perishing. And we should not hold on to this great salvation all to ourselves. Let this salvation be all for us. And we are not sharing it. Amen. I think we will be very sad when we go to heaven and we see all of our friends, all of our co-workers, the people that we had lunch with, we were in the lounge room with, we were laughing with, we did all kinds of things with. We sharing desk with them, sharing office with them for years. And we never mention Christ to them. At least mention it to them. Offer them Christ. And let them refuse. And let their blood be on their own heads. Hallelujah. Amen. The love that brings salvation is a great love of God. And let us share it. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Let us bring the service to a close. Stand to your feet. The love of God. There's no other love. There's no greater love than the love of God. No greater love. He says, no man.
has any other love greater than the love of God? Greater than the love that brings salvation. The love of a woman does not bring salvation. The love of a mother for a child does not bring salvation. Oh, the only love that brings salvation is the great love of God. The great love of God. The great love of God. Father, we are thankful. Oh, we are thankful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you gave us your only begotten son. What love, what love, what manner of love you have for us that a man will lay down his life for his friends. That you will lay down your love for us. Oh, Jesus, we are grateful. We are thankful for this great love. We are thankful for this great love. Glory and honor to you for laying down, laying down your crown in heaven and coming down on earth to take upon yourself the crown of thorns. All for us. All for us. There was a voice in heaven. He said, I will go. I will go. For this much love you had for us. You were willing and you were obedient to forsake your crown. You being equal with God. You did not see yourself as equal with God. But you forsook your crown above and came down. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Grateful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for this great love. We thank you, Lord, that you gave us your only begotten son who came to lay down his life for us. Lord Jesus, we are grateful. We are thankful. We appreciate the sacrifice you made for us. We are thankful for the blood that was shed for us. We are thankful for the cross that you endured. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you thought about us. You thought of us. And you laid down your life for us. You died for us. You suffered for us. You endured the pain for us. We thank you, Jesus. We give you glory and honor. We will forever lift your name up. We will forever adore you. We will forever cherish you. We will forever honor you. We thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here tonight, you say, I want this love of God. This great love of Jesus. I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life. I want to give my life to Jesus. If it is your prayer tonight, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. If that is you, wherever you are, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Is there anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful for the love that you have shown us. We thank you for the love of God. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for this great love. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.